Hello and welcome to episode 10 of this bonus series in conjunction with Tipperary Midwest Radio. In this episode, Stevie O'Donnell and our own Francis Cockton look back on Galtier Rover's successful period from 1999 to 2003. This is the West Awake podcast, West Tip Matters. The West's awake, the West's awake. Another goal! And it's Eugene O'Neill who's got it! Is by Johnny Ryan. He's one of the two Johnnies playing at midfield today. We're very precise, and Brian Fox with Tipperary's first. And now it's time for Gaelic Games. And today we're going to concentrate on the Galtier Rover St. Picon Club in the parishes of Banshee and Kilmiler. In 1992, they were Western County Under-12A football champions. And many of those players went on to play in the 1999 Junior Hurling Championship as they were crowned Western County champions. Two years later, they were the Intermediate Hurling Champions in the West and the County. And they also won the Senior Hurling Championship in the West in 2003. Francis Coughlin, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Stevie. The 1999 West Junior A Hurling Championship was sponsored by Gleason Concrete, and there were six entries. Cashy Cormac, Canotius Moore, Emily, Galtier Rovers, Kickhams and Sean Tracy's played out a league competition with the top four qualifying for the semi-finals. Cashy Cormac and Canotius Moore failed to make the semis. The first of the semi-finals went to a replay. Sean Tracy's and Emily met in Dundrum on September the 18th. John Tracy's led not six to not three at the interval. And thanks to a Paul Shanahan goal, they stretched ahead at the second half. However, Tracy said Paul Quigley sent off in the second half and Emily rallied. They cut the lead and Stephen Burke goal to tie the game one eight apiece. The replay brought the teams to Cap White on September the twenty sixth. This time Tracy said one four to three points at half time. John Ryan the goal scorer. Here in the second half, Mike Cunningham was sent off, but Tracy struggled to put the game safely out of reach. In the end, they won by just three points, 1-6 to 1-3, with Emily getting a consolation goal from Sean Hennessy. The second semi-final brought Galtier Rovers and Lockerville done a ski kick into Sean Tracy Park on September the 19th. Johnny Hayes scored a Galtier goal and they led by 1-3 to two points at the interval. Hayes added two more goals early in the second half as the gap began to widen. In the end, Galtier had a runaway win by 4-8 to 1-2. The final was played at Capo White on October the 9th. With Pam Morrissey leading the scoring, Galtier Rovers led by five at the interval, not seven to not two. Early in the second half, Morrissey pointed another free, but remarkably it proved to be their last flag. Tracy then took control as they rallied strongly in the dour game. However, a lack of scoring potential cost them dearly in the end, and they fell by a single point short to the bench aside. It ended eight points to seven for Rovers, with Pat Bergen graciously accepting the cup as team captain from board chairman Dennis Ryan. Galtier's county semi-final crash with Aerogmina went to a replay. The sides met initially at the rag on October the 24th. The West champions led six points to three at the interval. Nearing the end, Mina levelled and the sides swapped goals in a hectic finish. A Pam RC 65 went all the way to the net, but Nina retaliated to the game to a replay and the scoreline of 1-7 apiece. The following week, the sides were back in the rag where another cliffhanger resulted. This time, the sides were level at five points apiece. Early in the second half, a Pam Morrissey free was doubled down by Paul Maher for a spectacular goal as Rovers grabbed the initiative. 
Nina fought back in the latter stages of the game, but Rovers held out for a deserved 1-9 to 11-point win. In the county final, the West Champions faced Gina Rinke at Ardfin on November the 13th. Rovers faced the win in the first half and trailed at the interval by two points to five. Using the wind well in the second half, Rovers rallied and the sides were levelled at eight points apiece, entering the final ten minutes. Five minutes in the end, Rovers got a crucial break when Colin Hayes goaled. Inspired by the score, Galtier Rovers came again for Pam Morrissey and Larry Quinn to notch insurance points. Galtier's won by 110 to 8 points for an historic first ever in the grade. There was understandable jubilation as Pat Bergen accepted the cup at the end of an unforgettable game for the club. 14th entered the 2001 Tiberi Credit Union West Intermediate Hurling Championship. Defending champions Galtier Rovers, Arval Rovers, Latin Cullen and Aherlock. The competition was running a round-robin basis with the top two teams finding the round-robin qualifying for the final. Galtier Rovers and Aherlow qualified for the final following the round-robin. The final took place in Golden on November the 18th. Aherlow, there were no match for Galtier Rovers who were aside in the up. Galtier Rovers led by five points at the break and a double deck by the full-time whistle. The battle of the neighbour's children had a local derby flavour, with the exchanges always full-blooded according to the reporting from the Nationalists. Galtier Rovers led 1-8 to 6 at the interval. Michael Scanlon kicked goal and points from David Morrissey and two from Colin Hayes were highlighted in the first half of scores. Galtier Rovers pulled clear in the resumption with points from Pam Morrissey, David Morrissey and Andrew Morrissey. And then Aherlow were dealt to blow when Mark O'Shea had to retire injured. Michael Maroney and Carl O'Shea had points for Aherlow to give them hope. Then Chris Byron hit an inspirational point from a sideline cut as Galtier said 1-12 to 8 points at the 10 minutes of the half. David Marcy continued to add points to Galtier Rovers, while Aherlow did get a consolation goal after Cahill O'Shea's well-taken goal following a solo run from Paddy Hennessy. Galtier Rovers winning out winners 118-18, playing a second title in the row on the grade. County minor David Morrissey finished with seven points, while their defence was tight, their midfielder Chris Byron and Pam Morrissey was the team's major strength. Michael Grace accepted the Leahy Cup from Westport chairman James O'Donnell, in the presence of Dominic Marcy from the sponsors, Tipperary Country Union. The West faced the maiden in the county quarterfinals on November the 25th. Arlo were no match for Mind Tempatui, who won in a final score of 421 to 1 3. Galtier is just a pint to spare of a Gartnahook and Gould at Dehe Park in Cashel. Second half rally sees Galtier Rovers pick Gartnahook and Gould to earn semi final spot with the Nashville. Gartnahook and Gould took control in the first half and led at the half-hour mark by 1-5 to 2 points. Pam Morrissey had the game's opening score of the game, but Gartner Hood took over. They hit four unanswered points before Michael Cleary pulled in a high ball and it was straight to the net. Andrew Morrissey was switched to the half-hour line and got Galtier Rovers' first point from playing the game just before the half-time whistle. Gartner Hood then leading 1-5 to 2 points. Galtier Rovers gave up more determined in the second half, and with a wind rising at their backs, they gradually got themselves back into the game. Points of Seamus Maloney, Andrew Morrissey, and a pair Morrissey free are just a goal between the sides. Chris Byron was described as the hero of the hour. First, Byron took a sideline from about 30 yards on the right-hand side of the pitch. And then two... And earlier I spoke to team manager John Quirk, along with selector Liam Bergen and players Colin Morrissey, Pat Bergen and Michael Grace. But we will first hear from team manager John Quirk. And I first put it to him, were they ambitious and maybe confident of winning the West that year? 
Well, I don't think we had wicked ambitions because we were beaten the year before in the West final by Kickers. So we were just hoping one game at a time. Talk to me about the panel of players that was at your disposal then. Well, there were 20, 25 players. Probably more like. And I then got the views of team selector Liam Bergen and I first asked him about bringing in Joe O'Neill as coach. I think that that was a real coup for the club. When we brought in Joe O'Neill, we knew we had the right man for the job. He was a man that was after great success with his club. They broke the mould in winning a county final themselves in 87. He had the experience of playing for Tip. He played for Tip under 21. He played for Tip Senior. He was an All-Ireland medal winner. And he was a decent bloke. And he came across very well with the players. He had a lot of the great attributes. He had great commitment. He was a good communicator. And he led by example. And the more people experienced John Neal, the more people listened to him. And his record speaks for itself with us, starting in 97. In 97, we weren't far off it and got to the county final in the most horrendous of conditions, led by Tumi Barra, with several fellows that had county medals themselves. So John Neal was with us from then on. 99, we won a county final. 2001, we won a county final. We broke the mould ourselves twice there and went on then in 2003. The legacy of Gerard Neal, if you like, was we won the West Senior Hurling final, first time for the club. So that tells us about the achievements under Gerard Neal. And all that time, he was able to bring fellas to the field and bring them on and leave them better people. John, we'll come back to you again. Losing that 97 final played a major factor in to win the 99. Oh, there's no doubt about it, yeah. They weren't going to leave behind the second day. They wouldn't have looked the first year in 97. To be there, I had five or six seniors. So we kind of knew we were the right chance. Pat Bergen, what did Joe O'Neill as a coach bring to you as a player and indeed to the entire team? He showed us all how to train properly for a start off. And as well as that then, we had a huge panel of players at the time. 1977, I think, I started. And we'd have maybe 10, 12 training in the field. But from about 95 onwards, numbers were growing and growing and growing. And from 97, we had a full match up in the field training. And Jeremy was the reason for that. Liam, at juvenile level, under 12, mm-hmm. under 14, explain that to me. Well, I suppose a lot of the players who started off winning a county final in 99, they were the fellows who were born from 1980 onwards. And they achieved great success, particularly in football. They dominated under 12, won a county final in 1992, won an under 14 county final in 1994, and a lot of them qualified for county finals in under 21. The big one, they won the minor in 1998. So that was in the middle of our two in 97-99. John Morrissey lifted the cup from Mick Frawley. And so six or seven of that team were also involved with the Hurland team. They were coming on to the Hurland team at that stage. You know? And Colin Morrissey was one of those. Colin, you would have been well used to success in that stage. By 99. Yeah, we had very good teams under age, I suppose, my age group and two or three years underneath. We got an unusually high ratio of players that came all the way through to play for the senior hurling and football teams. And uh, the mixture of you coming through from those groups allied to what was there already, like the Pet and Foxy and Willie Tarn and Chris Shem. I think John and his management team in charge, the recipe was just right and it came together. And Michael, you would have been playing in the half back line. Sorry, yeah, uh, 99, yeah. I think the junior now the time, I don't think we were going to lose it for a second time, you know. We were that bit more experienced in it. Wiser hand. Their best ball. He scored at the nut, he scored three ten or something in the semi bite. But he wasn't going to score three ten off that barrier. We really can't see it much to be honest. Great bunch of lads, simple as that. 
And it's back to Liam Bergen once again for the County Junior Hurling Final. We had difficulties in the background then with to change jerseys and stuff like that. Why was that? We had a sort of a, I don't know, was it a real clash or what it was, but we confused everybody by wearing our own jerseys for pictures and stuff like that when we came out. But it was a blessing in disguise having a man to bring on like Colin Morrissey at a time when we were behind at half time and under a little bit of pressure. And that steadied the ship and we drove one from there and we started getting scores up the field. And Colin Hayes opened up and got maybe a goal and two pints. And we turned a three pints loss into a five pints lead in the space of a few minutes, really. That game was alive until very near the end. We never do things easy. A lot of matches, fellas win them handy enough, but that was tight. It was down to five pints, but it had been very close for most of the match. And Colin, you don't do things easy. One single pint in so many matches, I've never seen any club to do it in so many games. Mm. Yeah, definitely in the junior championship, I think Nina went to a replay by a pint in the final. And then I think in the intermediate, it was quarter-final, the semi-final and the final, which is quite unusual. We won him by a pint. But I think that's a reflection on the cup. I think it's definitely a reflection on the standard. It was so close, and the was high at the time. There were a lot of strong teams. Like Nina's in the semi-final in the junior, Nina had a very strong second team. And then Skeen were, you know, that was their first team, they were quite strong. Uh, but as Foxy said, we were confident though, because we had been bet by a point by two in 97. So we had, we had that experience coming in, and I think you could sense in the training that we were ready to take that step and win the junior, which we went on and done, you know. But also, I think our team, uncompromising individuals, I suppose, is the polite way to put it, you know. If we came into a dogfight, we, we had a good shot of coming out on the right side, but that's the way it turned out. Colin, known as Nona Hayes, he was some player. Nona, serious player, serious athlete. Often fellas still ask me about Nona, like, how is he or how is he getting on? Because fellas I haven't played county, but they always come up against him underage. He's such a serious athlete, and that year in the junior, he definitely in the final, he was very important. And uh, again, in the intermediate year, we won in 2001, he had an excellent year again, you know. Liam will move on to that intermediate final. Getting there was the thing, Stephen. It was like what Con touched and like, you know, everything was toughen us. We met wicked weather over in Cashel in the quarter-final against Gorton Gort Hoog and Gould. The muck and the dirt was unbelievable. Storm against us. We scored the first point and we scored the last point in the first half. And we still found ourselves six down at half. That's all we have time for this week, folks. Thanks again to Stevie and Francis and also Tipperary Midwest Radio for the use of the audio. Huge thank you to Liam and Pat Bergen, Colin Morrissey and Michael Grace for their contributions and we wish Kelty Rovers all the best in 2021. In next week's episode, we'll have a look back on Aherlow's County Under-21 success from 1995. Until next time, Tibber Arnabu.